Today I chatted to Sonia Worthington, Director of Parenting Solutions Devon. We talked about how families and parents find themselves in really challenging situations and what can be done to support them. Hi Sonia. Hello Marie. Thank you for um, inviting me to have a chat with you today. I'm so excited because we met on LinkedIn. You know, we 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 both are in uh, Devon in the UK, but we don't know each other. We we made a connection on LinkedIn, and I thought, oh, I really, really want to have you as as part of my precarious parenting podcast series. So thank you so much. So tell me about you then, Sonia. So before we go into your organisation, tell me what's your setup at the moment in Devon. Okay, um, I live in Torbay, Devon area. Um, so I've lived there for the majority of my life. Um, I'm a single mum to um, a beautiful daughter. She's 13 um, and I work full time. Wow, that's interesting. During this lockdown time, how have you found that? Yeah, I guess like most um, parents at the moment, it's it's a real struggle working from home, working full time and um, just trying to support my daughter to do her online learning. It's, um, yeah, it's been a learning curve. Um, but I think with the added sort of um, factor that I'm a single mum and um, there's no one else I can do a tag team with. So um, it's, yeah, it's, it's having to be very flexible. <laughs> Yeah, I like that, you know, having a tag team. I think that's a really good point. You know, so many parents I talk to who are single parents, they say, I have to be everything. I have to be everything and get it get it right, which, of course, they don't have to get it right. We just think that we do. <laughs> yeah, very, very true. Yeah. So tell me about um, Parenting Solutions, Devon. Tell me about your organisation. So I set up Parenting Solutions Devon in 2017. Um, it was um, a Saturday job, I would say. It was I was working for a local authority full time, and um, as I'm a single mum, it was kind of just doing something I really enjoy, um, and sort of having a little bit of extra cash um, coming into the home. And um, so it was kind of a Saturday morning thing for me, and um, and. and it, it's grown it's really developed from there really um I was working predominantly doing parenting programs on a Saturday morning um and it was online or I would meet um parents in a coffee shop where it's very um a quiet coffee shop um but it was very nice and nice setting um and um so predominantly I worked with fathers who were seeking um child arrangements orders and um, through the private family courts um, mostly because they've had a difficult separation with their partners and that sometimes the contact with their child was um, inconsistent not very frequent or not at all and um, so they were seeking to see their children more and I was finding that the courts or their solicitors were asking them to, to do a parenting program to prove to the courts that they can you know, see their children and they are safe and um, you know they've got the skills and experience to, to do so. Um, I, I love and, that because it's it's not when we, when we talk about parenting we often assume we're talking about mums you know and when I when I go on 
parenting programs, there often seem to be a lot of women. And it's so nice to hear you talking about supporting the father. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it just evolved that way. I think because I was offering one-to-one, you know, so I think fathers at times they told me it was very difficult to join a parenting programme group um, because of predominantly it was seen to be females um, attending. And, and I think possibly because of their situation that they were going through, maybe they felt that that wasn't appropriate for them to be um, doing a parenting programme with, with females because of maybe how they felt about doing that. And I think sometimes fathers um, don't want to talk in front of others about their situation. So I think one-to-one really did support that. And um, so that's how it kind of grew, really. It wasn't set up in that way. Um, and I also did couples as well. So that was that was good. Oh, good for you. So what other services do you provide? So we currently run um, parenting programmes. So we have three that we are running at the moment. So that's the um, positive parenting programme, the Triple P, um, the Nurture programme and the Solihull programme. So all three of those are accredited um, programmes and can be used um, for, you know, for evidence in, in court, family court of law situations. So could you just quickly describe each one? Because I don't know what what they mean. So, you know, if I don't know, then maybe some other people don't know either. So that would be really helpful. Yeah, yeah very true. Um, so I would say the positive parenting programme, which we all know is the triple P, I would say that's for managing behaviours at home. Um, so it's, it's a very, it's a six week course. Um, but it is just around managing behaviours and, and how you can have a better relationship with your child. Um, so that's really good. So some families like that. Um, the Nurture programme is the, the programme, um, the majority of the work that I do is around the Nurture programme because it's a 10-week it's a programme, but it's about understanding your child's development through all the stages. It supports... Um, parents to sort of look deeper into their childhood to recognize how they were parented when they were younger and then what they're doing now when when they have their children and to spot similarities as well and also gives them ideas of how to connect more with their child have a better relationship with their child and obviously it gives you some strategies to to support with you know managing um, misbehavior so that's my favorite you know, one of them all. Um, the Solihull approach is exactly the same. Um, it's just a bit more recognised programme um, in the courts. And um, very similar, it's about child development, managing misbehaviours um, and supporting the parents um, to see, again, you know, um, what they are doing and, and how maybe their behaviours are um, supporting that behaviour to continue with their children without even realising that's the case. So. Right. Okay. So uh, would I be right in thinking that a family um, or uh, parents might decide to join a programme privately and fund it themselves and other people might um, maybe be funded by the local authority, maybe somebody in children's services might suggest that 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 would be a programme for them and that would be funded for them? Is Would I be right in thinking that? Yeah, yeah, that's right, Marie. So, um Parents um, can privately fund that. I do get a lot of 
parents that don't actually want to um, seek funding, they want to do that privately and, and that's fine. So they contact me and the local authorities in Devon will contact me and um, will part fund sometimes with alongside with, with the parents um, and the early help Devon as well. So they, they will fund the sessions. So, and sometimes if they're in the court, court arena, so solicitors, um, and children's services will as well. So, yeah, there's a few ways that they can be funded. Sounds like a really, really vital role. And um, we, we've started to move into my next question, which is really about, well, what type of parents are you working with? You know, I guess as a broad spectrum, but, you know, could you could you summarise the types of families that you're, you're working with predominantly? Yeah, so... Um, the majority of the parents that I'm working with, um, it, they come from a, a host of different backgrounds. Um, they really, really do. Um, and all walks of life, you know, working class families um, and and families who are um, find themselves on the breadline, you know, reaching out and, and seeking support. And so as well as doing the parenting programmes, which is a vital part of family support, we do offer family support. So it's very bespoke to the families and and very private. And so we support um, families who um, are struggling to manage their children at home. It could be attendance issues. Um, It could be mum feeling a bit low um, and feeling a bit depressed. Um, So we support with that. Um, with mental health and so there's lots of family support that we you know we do offer it's it's too big to sort of whittle down to to a tick checklist because all families are so different and their needs are so different Um, but I think with you know parents institutions got a team of specialized um, workers um, and they all have their different bespoke you know um, interests so I think that's what complements um, Parenting Solutions Devon because we can cover a variety of support yeah. that families might need. Yeah. And and how have you found, you know, this whole pandemic? You know, when we talk about people being furloughed, people being made redundant, um, more and more people needing food banks. Um, how, how are you finding the the families that you're working with and then all the extra support they might be needing? Yeah, we we found that during the first lockdown in March 2020 till May um, was really, really tricky, really really tricky time, really. Um, A lot of the support was around mental health. So that would be possibly working with families who already had low mood or suffered depression, but with COVID um, and possibly the thought of losing their jobs, um, the children off school, um, homeschooling. There was a lot more stress factors coming into the home. And um, it was, yeah, it was such an increase in their mental health. And it was becoming very, very poor. Um, lots of anxieties around the virus, um, lots of uncertainty and sort of simple decision making. Some of the families are ringing me up of, you know, my child has got a space, luckily, um, because they, they were working with me. They were classed as a key worker, um, having a key worker to support them. But they had the worry of, do I send them into school? What about the virus? Will they bring it home? Is it better for me to keep them at home? Or, you know, you know, and I'm finding it really difficult myself with my low mood and I'm trying to work from home, let alone, 
you know, school, homeschooled them. So lots of anxieties um, during that first part of the lockdown. And what about the third lockdown? Because, you know, a lot of people I'm hearing are saying this is the one that we're struggling the most with our, our sense of low mood. Yeah, definitely. I think from the first one, um, a lot of anxieties for sure. But I think um, a lot of as it went on and there was, you know, the second lockdown, the third lockdown, some people were lucky enough to be furloughed from work. Um, so they were still getting an income coming into the house. Um, but as it went on, some companies couldn't continue and, you know, have gone bust. So some people have lost their jobs. Um, so there is no money coming in. Um, and that's really, really difficult. And, and like you said, Marie, a lot of them are having to reach out to food banks and food parcels. Um, and it's not something that easily they've done before, you know, and, and with that, they feel very guilty, very, very shameful. Um, but it's not their fault. You know, this is the situation that they're in. Absolutely. So so can you give me some examples of um, and I know you can't be specific because, you know, we can't name people and we would have to ask for people's consent to share their story. But have you got any examples of the challenges that people are facing aside from what we've just talked about, about the whole lockdown situation, but what, what are some of the things that you're getting involved with? Yeah, so um, I guess the work that's coming in at the moment is um, a lot around mental health. So that is on the increase for sure for, for male and female. And we've seen a lot more for children coming in. Um, and I think because they haven't been going to school and they have become a bit more insular and withdrawn um, and and the more they're staying off school it's increasing that worry and, and they feel quite scared to go to school um, because some of the children are saying to me you know they don't want to go to school and catch the virus and then bring it home to their family and especially if you know one of their parents is um, vulnerable you know with, with, with underlying health conditions so it's such a worry for these children at the moment and such such a burden that they're having to think like that. Um, well, that's a, that's a really good point. You know, that's a really good point. And um, but also conversely, I'm working with a lot of the young clients I have. Some of them have been really bullied at school, and they're saying, "I'm really happy not to be in school." And 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 the flip of that is they feel safe at home. They're not sure what they're going to go back to. Just just quickly on that. I mean, when this podcast is aired, we will have will be starting the summer. So what's your thought about summer schools and the government's announcement yesterday, the day before, that we'll have summer schools? How do you think that's going to sit with your families that that you're you're thinking about? Um yeah, I think that would be a mixed, a real mix of feelings. Um, I think because some of the children I'm working are doing well on online lessons and they really are doing the hardest, they're working and, you know, they have lots of interactions with their teachers and others are really, really struggling. So I think half would say, no, I want them to have their break. You know, they've worked hard during these lockdown under these conditions. And I think other parents would be like, actually, they could be so behind and we really want them to go to summer school so they can get back up to speed with everything. So, yeah, a mixed mixed bag, I, th I think, some parents would be feeling around that. 
Yeah, we 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 shall see. Eh? <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> so, have you got any more examples of challenges of the the families that are going through? Yep. So, um, I noticed working with um, one one particular family as well. So, um, a typical um, two parent um, two children family. Um, the father was furloughed and the mother was able to carry on working from home. So that was that was ideal. But the difficulties came because there was a role reversal. So I call it a parenting role reversal. So whereas the the predominantly male figure might be going out to work long hours um, and the mum might have the part time job, would be seeing to the children and doing all the care for the children it really did switch and um, I found that I was doing a lot more work with the fathers to support them during that time because they hadn't really done a lot of the care and and for the amount of time we've been in lockdown. Um, So I found that was creating issues of this role reversal Um, because as we know as families are formed they they all naturally have their own roles you know one would do the cooking, one would do the care, go to work you know, and, and it was very, very difficult. And I found um, some males were really struggling with that because so used to going out to work and being the breadwinner, were now finding themselves doing a lot of homeschooling and the challenges that, that went along with that. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole thing there about identity, isn't there? About actually, yeah. who am I now? And uh, yeah, I can I can see that that would be really challenging. Yeah. And another um, family I was working with is the um, a single mum. She lost her job. Um, she was furloughed, furloughed in the first times, um, and then um, she was let go. Um, so she had two children, and um, that was a real struggle for her. Lots of worries around debt, paying the bills, um, and obviously having to apply for universal credit. Um, and I know at the time there was a, um, they have to wait six weeks before the money starts coming in. Lots of worries for that mum surrounding that um, and kind of limited support from her family and, and friends around her as well. So um, we supported her with the applications um, and having food parcels um, and and to support her sort of mental health, you know, to support her children going through that difficult time. So that for me was um, a, a worrying, a worrying family. You know, I really wanted to put my all in to support her to get through. Yeah, and you're talking about a whole package of support. You know, you're. I, I really get a sense that it's kind of looking at this, this, this woman, this family holistically, and what what does she need to lift her through? Is it a good good time to talk about um, the success the success stories, the kind of the the stories where you've seen them through the challenge and they've moved back into um, flowing as a as a whole family unit. Yeah, so um, we are very lucky to have many success stories just because, like you said, we work holistically with the whole family. Um, We really do get stuck in um, lots of parents saying, well, what can you do? How can you help us? It's I've got, you know, 24 years of working with families. There's not a lot I can't do. Mm. So when I go in, it's kind of like a one shot stop. Let's let's work on it all and let's, you know, let's work it bit by bit, step by step um, and let's do what we can and get you to a good place. So um, 
one that stands out for me for a success story would be um, a mum struggling with um, real mental health. Um, she had three children. She was just going through um, a divorce as well, and that was a very difficult divorce. And um, there was domestic abuse around that as well. So, and um, the father was also controlling from afar as well. So that was a really difficult time for that for that mum, especially with her mental health. Um, she did take to drinking um, as a, I'd say, a coping mechanism, and um, that was affecting. The whole family life, you know, they were really low. They were, they were, they couldn't be any lower. The whole, whole of this family. So, um, I was referred in from the school with their worries, and I began working with them. Um, so we, I sat down with the parents. We did an assessment, and I asked, you know, what is, what is the first thing that we can work on? What is it that you really want support with? You know, because and we can write down an action plan and work through that. Um, and and it was um, around her mental health. You know that was for her a worry and a, and a concern because um, the father at the time was was worried also and was trying to um, gain the children in, into his care because of the drinking and the um, her mental health was really poor. So um, I signposted her to the mental health team um, who are absolutely. Fabulous, um, and um, and I went in on a weekly basis, and also calls during the week just to keep her going. Um, and they give her lots of strategies. Um, she did go to the GP and obviously have um, some medication. Um, so I supported her through that, and then it was kind of just moving on step by step at her own pace of what what she needed. And because we were funded by the school, there wasn't a time limit, which was perfect for this family mm. because I could stay in and work with them until, you know, they were in a good place. So I think I worked with her for about a year. Wow. And um, so, yeah, things did settle down. She engaged with the mental health team. She reduced, you know, her intake of alcohol um, and, and she's divorced. So she's kind of... She's through that part now. So um, that was a, um, a stress relief in, in that sense. Oh, that's such a lovely story. And I love the fact that there aren't time constraints. You know, I, I do some work with Young Devon, a local charity, and, and we get six sessions. You know, it's it's intervention support. And you can do quite a lot in six sessions, but also you kind of wish you could just have a bit longer. Yeah, I think it. It really depends, you know, we also get funded by the early help Devon and, and it could be, you know, for 10, 10 sessions um, and, and they will fund further if we say actually we're not there yet, we, we need a bit longer. But I think I do prefer the the longer pieces of work for really difficult cases because, you know, for that mum, six sessions, just it wouldn't have touched the surface, you know. No. It, it really wouldn't. But like you said, some cases it can, you know, in a quick intervention, you know, in and you're out and, and that's all that's needed, really. Yeah, they just need, they, sometimes people just need to reach out and know the support's there. And sometimes that's enough for them to, 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 to move on to their next step. So have you got another really nice, you know, kind of success story, a story of hope? Let me see. Um Yes, I do, actually. Um, this was working with a child in a school, so a direct one-to-one -one piece of work. Um, a child um, 
plug in in primary school um and he was to the point he was throwing chairs um at the teacher and the teacher had to remove all the children from the classroom to try and contain you know the, the child and he was really really struggling so i began doing some work with him um on a friday morning and um I was very consistent, so it had to be at the same time every week um, to gain that trust and that build that relationship with with the child. And we worked on about his emotions, his feelings, his anger, and giving him lots of tools to think about when he's feeling angry, what else can he do? Um, And luckily, the school did have um, a sensory room, which actually he absolutely loved. And we did a lot of work within that area. this child was not accessing any of his learning. He was just having meltdowns, um, you know. So I started work with him and I think I worked with him for about six, seven months. And um, we got him to the point where actually he was in class. And actually, if he was starting to feel anxiety or stress, he was able to take himself out of the room for 10 minutes, calm himself down. And then he was coming back in to the lesson. He was back engaged. He was learning. There was less times he was kicking off. It was it was really that was a really good one. That one really sticks with me because I really grew um, a relationship with this child and became very fond and fond of this child. I love that story. And I because the power of time is so important, isn't it? And like people will look at that pupil, that lad and think he's really disruptive. He's disrupting everybody else's learning, but actually he's disrupting himself. And and he doesn't want that. He doesn't want to be in a state of disrupting himself and others. I love, I love the work that you're doing. I really, I'm so glad we've, we've linked up. So Thank so, Sonia, you. if you had a message to anyone out there, any parent who's listening or a grandparent or a friend of a family who might need support, you know, what would be your message to them? Um, I would say my message would be that to them, you know, you're not on your own. You're really not. Um, and it's OK to reach out for help. You know, if you've got family or friends around you, you know, that's great. If you haven't, reach out, you know contact me you know I can signpost you on to other support services contact your school um, the early help Devon your GP but please do reach out for help because it's no good suffering in silence if you're really struggling with with some of you know some of the things that we, we discussed today just reach out and get that support it's so important I I really I really like that message it's a powerful message and also I'm thinking about those people who find themselves in a situation they never thought they'd be in and they don't know what supports out there so actually contacting you or somebody like you you know all the support networks so you can signpost them so making that one step just to reach out and make contact with one person one organization will open up a myriad of other opportunities so how does somebody contact you i'll put this in the show notes but could you tell us now as well yep so um we're on we've got a website so you can contact us as for the um, direct through the website we've got lots of information on that website we do blogs um, and there's a contact form on there that will come via email to me directly and you can contact me via phone my um my number's on the website 
Um, and if, if you are in the Devon area, you know, please contact your school, contact your your the Early Help Devon. Um, you know, they are aware of us. Um, we are out there. Um, so yeah, please, please, you know, use those contacts to um, contact us. So could somebody contact you outside of Devon? Yeah, so um, I've been finding I'm getting that a lot now. And I think um, it was one good positive out of COVID really is that I could spread myself a bit more mm. UK based. So I can do online sessions but over the telephone or I can do one to one. Obviously, COVID, you know, 19 rules and regulations, but I will come and see you if that's, you know, if families prefer that. And your triple P's and your nurturing and the Solly Hull programs, they're all accessible to people because of going online. They're yeah. accessible to anybody. All right, listen, so yeah. Sonia, yeah. that's just the only thing we haven't done is actually given your website address. So if you could just give us that and then again, I'll make sure it's in the show notes. OK, yeah. So it's www.parentingsolutions.co.uk. Perfect. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you very much. Thank you, Marie. You've been listening to Precarious Parenting by Realisation Works. Subscribe to realisationworks.com to access more resources, including monthly blogs written to be shared with younger people.